Good morning, my friends. I'm Pastor Stephen Brooks. Welcome today to our online internet around the world church service. And yes, I'm so glad that you are here today. Why don't you take your Bibles and meet me in Genesis chapter 26. We're going to receive the tithes and the offerings. We're going to obey scripture and we're going to bring them into the storehouse of the Lord with joy in our hearts. Praise God. Now, Genesis chapter 26, verse one, there was a famine in the land besides the first famine that was in the days of Abraham. Oh, so there can be economic cycles within the earth where there can be very difficult times of financial recession or depression. Some of these things can be affected by wars. Some of, some of them can be affected by weather patterns such as famines. And here we see that just as Abraham had one in his lifetime, now Isaac is also having one in his lifetime. But it's good to know that in times like this, that we can have a covenant with God and the covenant will exempt you from the financial devastation or squeeze that can hit others. Mm -mm. Why? Because the covenant in a sense is supernatural. The blessing is supernatural. The blessing, of course, when you translate that from Hebrew into English, basically means empowered to prosper. Now you and I both know you don't need any uh, empowerment to go downhill on a bicycle. Gravity will do its work and you don't need any empowerment to become poor. All you have to do is not show up for work tomorrow. Praise God. And that will begin to cause a snowball effect that will build and accumulate into a place of lack and insufficiency. So you need power to go uphill. That's what the blessing is. The empowerment to prosper. Glory to God. And Isaac went to Abimelech, king of the Philistines in Gerar. Then the Lord appeared to him and said, do not go down to Egypt. Live in the land, which I shall tell you, dwell in this land, and I will be with you and bless you. Praise God. Now, he stays there. He doesn't go to Egypt. He stays there. Now, let me tell you that regardless of where you're watching me from, whether you're watching me from North Carolina or North Korea, God can bless you right where you're at. You don't necessarily have to move. Now, if God in some rare cases would want you to move. That's okay. You follow the leading of the Holy spirit, but you know that you're not supposed to be a vagabond moving around over and over, trying to find somewhere where, where it works for you. No, uh, you don't chase the blessing. The blessing chases you and the blessing overtakes you. So you can stay right where you're at, just like Isaac did, even if you're in the midst of a famine and maybe you are in a place Let's say you're in a smaller town and the main uh, economic engine for the town was a big company and maybe they moved or maybe they closed down or maybe they relocated for some reason. And you might be thinking, well, there, there goes the town. But my friends, I'm telling you that God can bless you anywhere in the world as long as you are a covenant man or woman of God. Praise the Lord. So he stays there. And since he stays there, uh, he uses his faith and he sows seed, as we see in verse 12. Then Isaac sowed in that land. Well, what's the context? What kind of land is he sowing into? He's sowing during a time of famine. So there's no rain, and the Philistines who are outside of the covenant of God and have no understanding of the ways of God must have thought that Isaac has completely lost his mind. Why? He's sowing in a time of famine. And he reaped in the same year a hundredfold. Suddenly now the Philistines are, uh, they're very interested into this different way of operating that Isaac is involved in. Now they're not going to do what he's doing. First of all, he's operating by faith. And if you're not in faith, it won't work. And if you're spiritually dead, you cannot operate in the things of God's kingdom. So all that's going to happen with the Philistines really is they're going to get jealous 
and jealousy or uh, for various forms of persecution follow those that walk in the 100-fold blessing. Praise God. But we're certainly not going to allow something that somebody would say about us in the negative slight or even in a jealous way to hold us back from walking in God's best. Praise God. So he reaped a hundredfold uh, and he reaped it in the same year. So with famine going on, God still did it for him. What is that? It's the power of the blessing and it's the power of the covenant to even override natural laws if need be to see to it that God's best is yours. What is the hundredfold return? It is the maximum yield on the seed that's sown. By the way, if you don't sow any seed, what's the maximum return on that? Zero times zero equals zero, right? So you've got to get seed in the ground. And he knew that. He knew that. And uh, he sowed in very difficult times, but God blessed it. Praise the Lord. And God's going to bless you too. My friends, you need to do what Isaac did though. You need to give and you need to tithe in faith. Believing what? For God's very best, for the maximum return on your seeds. And, uh, you know, it takes a lot of diligence to bring forth a good harvest, a good crop. I'll talk about uh, that today some. But I want you to know that you also need to mix it with your faith. Glory to God. You know, there in the uh, tabernacle system that Moses would come on the scene and uh, would establish by the blueprint uh, given to him by God that he saw in heaven. And he takes that uh, on the earth and he sets this thing up on the earth, a type or shadow of what he saw in heaven, but a real literal physical tent with an outer court and then uh, an inner court. And then you have the holy place and then the uh, most holy place. Praise the Lord. But my friends there in the holy place, you had these sacred uh, objects of furniture that were, uh, you had the altar of incense, you had the table of showbread, but the table of showbread had that fresh bread on it. The bread was a representation of the word of God, but the bread would be sprinkled with frankincense and frankincense is always represented faith. And it also represents God's best. Now, if you ever smell the supernatural fragrance of frankincense and the Holy Spirit is allowing you to smell that supernaturally. It means that God is going to release his best into your life, but you need to use your faith to receive it. Praise the Lord. All of the blessings, whether they're financial, whether they are for your health, for your body, whether it's for your children, whether it's for a spouse or whatever it might be to win souls or to receive the gifts of the Holy Spirit. Every blessing of God is appropriated by faith. So just like Isaac used his faith, I want you to use your faith because it takes faith to sow in a time of salmon. Uh, not, not salmon. Uh, I'm not talking about fish, but famine. Praise the Lord. It's amazing how an S and an F can change things. Praise God. But you need to sow in time of famine and you need to sow in times of good times. You know, I have to admit, and I'm sure you have the same heart. That one of the most joyful things to do is when a big blessing comes in is to immediately, uh, not later, but immediately take the tithe off of that and bring it into the uh, house of God. Is that not one of the most funnest things? Yes, the harvest is great. And we rejoice that God uh, brings the harvest in. But I tell you what, the the greatest thing is just taking the tithe and saying, God, 10% belongs to you. And I am so happy that I can write the biggest tithe check that I've ever written in my life. It's ecstatic. Woo. Why? It's more blessed to give than it is to receive. Praise the Lord. Amen. So today let's continue to honor the Lord. The tithe belongs to him. Let's continue to operate biblical principles, which is we tithe and we give with our faith mixed in on it. Praise God, because you could be giving under some very drastic situations. Maybe you have received the notice that they are downsizing. Maybe you have received the notice that, uh, you know, things are being changed or something like that. But you know what? Uh, you, you give by faith and he gave in a time of famine. 
Now, that is a man of faith. Praise God. I see you in Hebrews chapter 11, walking by faith. Praise the Lord. Glory, glory to God. You know, we had a ministry couple, uh, a ministry partner, uh, he and his wife. They, they, were, they, they faced a sudden crunch where they needed something for their business and it happened at a very difficult time where uh, a demand was put upon them financially. And it was the same time during the Feast of Tabernacles. And they said, Pastor Stephen, what should we do? I said, go ahead and sow your Feast of Tabernacles seed and trust God to do a blessing, a miracle to help you in this area. And I said, I'll be joining my faith with you. And you know what? They sowed a great seed during that time. And God, and God blessed them, and God helped them through that time. Praise the Lord. Amen. Now, they had to use their faith, <laughs> and they had to use it kind of, and they had to kind of like be creative uh, in the way that they were handling finances to get through it, but God got them through it, and God has now positioned them in a better place than they were before. Praise God. So, mix your faith. Come on, take the word and sprinkle the frankincense on it, and believe God for the hundredfold, God's very best. All right. Now, for those of you that are mailing in your tithes and offerings, please send them to Stephen Brooks International, P.O. Box 717, Moravian Falls, North Carolina. The zip, the zip code is 28654. Hallelujah. Glory, glory. Send them in. And those of you that prefer to bring your tithes and offerings in online through the Internet, you can do so. It's super safe, very highly encrypted and secure. Go to our ministry website, stephenbrooks.org. There on the homepage, look up towards the top. There's a header. It says, give online. Now, if you're on like a mobile device, it's a little bit smaller. You have to click in the upper right corner, those little three bars, click that. Okay. But you'll see when you click on give online, it takes you to a giving page and you click the little tab and it brings you to a drop down menu and you'll see the area for the tithe. And if you would like to give more than 10%, you would like to give an offering on top of that. You'll see uh, some projects there that we are focused on at this time. Mm -mm -mm. So as you give sprinkle the frankincense on it and mix your faith with it and believe God that you can have God's best for your life, regardless of what is going on in the world economically, whether it's a famine or whether it's uh, like what we live in today. We live in a culture where there is a lot of what we could call corruption and a lot of financial corruption. That's because there's a lot of people that love money and the love of money, not money itself, but the love of money is the root of all evil. And because uh, we have a lot of that, we see a lot of corruption and you think, well, how can you get ahead when you live right? Remember, righteousness promotes sin, always demotes and takes you down. When you honor God and work his word and walk with him, he'll take you up. Woo, glory to God. He'll take you up in a very clean lifting, but he can take you up real high. Praise God. Now, let's pray over your giving. Father, I pray that you bless your people. They are now bringing the tithe into the storehouse. And Father, they are sowing also seed. And Father, some of them might even be sowing uh, in a sense where they have some very tough circumstances, maybe even famine type circumstances. But I thank you that you're going to show them that your financial covenant is more powerful than any form of hardship that would exist within the earth. And I thank you that you will also show them that even with economic hardships in the earth, you could still take them up. Even if others are, be, are going down. Thank you, father God, you can promote them and increase them even while others are having to recede and cut back and lay off. Thank you, Father God. They're going to see your power, and they're going to see the power of the covenant at work in their lives as they work your word. Now, Father, we thank you that the covenant is supernatural, that your blessing is miraculous in nature, and I thank you that it's working in the lives of your people's finances. In Jesus' name and together, we all say around the world, amen. Woo, praise the Lord today. Mm -hmm. Glory to God. God is good. God is good. 
Thank you, Jesus. And I am so thankful for our online church members and ministry partners. If you're not one, I would sure love for you to pray about becoming one. We have online church members throughout America. We have online church members, ministry partners in the UK, uh, in China, in Australia, uh, all over the world. And we are so thankful and we're praying for you. Praise God. Amen. That we can link together and move God's kingdom plan forward. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Woo. Now today let's go over to Mark chapter four. We're going to begin in verse 13. I want to talk along the subject line of reaping unusually large harvest. And it does take some focus. It does take some effort. I want to talk about it because it's not just automatic. And I want for us to examine our responsibility because we know God will always keep his end of the bargain. Praise God. Let's pray. Father, as we go into your word, we ask for your Holy Spirit to give us the spirit of wisdom and revelation in the knowledge of Jesus, that the eyes of our heart will be flooded with light and we can see the truths of your word and just take them and begin to apply them. Now we thank you, Father, for the peaceable fruit of righteousness that this produces in Jesus name. And together, together we say, amen. Praise God today. Now Mark four verse 13. And he said to them, do you not understand this parable? How then will you understand all the parables? The sower sows the word. So the sowing of the seed upon these various types of soil is the sowing of God's word or the teaching, the doctrine of God's word into the hearts of men and women. Praise the Lord. The sower sows the word. And these are the ones by the wayside where the word is sown. When they hear Satan comes immediately and takes away the word that was sown in their hearts. This happens often through uh, distractions this happens through the enemy, uh, maybe uh, being very nervous about the message that was just preached. And so right after the sermon is over, he'll come and maybe try to startle that believer through some um, unusual circumstance that just popped up and uh, anything to get their focus off of what they just heard, because it's more than just hearing it. You have to apply it and you have to get it from your head down into your heart. Praise the Lord. So uh, Satan knows that and he comes immediately and takes away the word that was sown in their hearts. So what happens? There's not going to be any harvest there. Mm, wow. Praise the Lord. Okay. Let's continue on. These likewise are the ones sown on stony ground who, when they hear the word, so they also hear it, which is good, but immediately receive it with gladness. That's also good. And they have no root in themselves and so endure only for a time afterward when tribulation or persecution arises for the word's sake immediately they stumble. Now let me say this anytime you have a strong conviction you could even call it a backbone a, a real spine. Okay. You're not like a little pushover. Anytime you have a strong conviction and belief in God's word that will always bring some form of persecution, whether it's verbal, whether it's people snickering or laughing behind your back or whatever the case might be. The very fact that you have a strong conviction, uh, means that there will be those that don't agree because some people have no convictions about anything, but you have to put your foot down and say, I'm standing on this. I know this is the B I B L E and that's the book for me. And you, you take your stand there on the word of God. And if you do that, you'll break through. But my friends, if you back off when there's tribulation or persecution, then uh, that, that means there's not going to be a harvest. Wow. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. Well, Pastor Stephen, you don't really believe that works, do you? Yeah, I believe it. I believe every bit of it. Oh, Pastor Stephen, you should, you should be, have a higher intellect than that. I can't believe you actually believe that. 
Well, I believe it, and you can laugh all you want, but I, I'm going to walk in the hundredfold return, and in many ways do. <laughs> so, whoo, glory to God. I'm telling you, uh, Paul the Apostle said that the wisdom of this world is foolishness, utter foolishness in the eyes of God. Mm -mm. So you have to take your stand if you're really serious about reaping your harvest. Mm. Praise God. And I know you are. I know you are. Praise God. Thank you, Jesus. Let's continue. Now, these are the ones sown among thorns. Now, because of where we primarily live, myself, I'm going to, I can't cover the whole world, but because I don't know what's going on all over the world, but I do know in the Western world, this is the main challenge that we face out of the various types of ground that the seed is sown on. We have to be very, very alert to this very real threat. Now, these are the ones sown among thorns. They are the ones who hear the word. Okay, so they're hearing the good teaching, right? They're hearing the wonderful messages that lift up Jesus and show you the way into the life that God wants you to live. So we see here that these are the ones sown among thorns. They're the ones who hear the word and the cares of this world, the deceitfulness of riches and the desires for other things entering in choke the word and it becomes unfruitful. Well, they got past the first level, the second level. What, ha what happened at the third level? Well, they fumbled the ball, and that was because of thorns. The bottom line is the seed they sown is not going to produce anything. Mm. This is very, very interesting. The deceitfulness of riches chokes the word. Wow. What is the deceitfulness of riches? It is the mindset or mentality that thinks you'll be satisfied when you just have a little bit more. And sometimes maybe you need a little bit more. Maybe you are cramped and you do need to expand a little bit more. But there's a place. There's a place where there can be deceit. And no matter how large it is, you still think this is not enough. I was in a home one time. I had a friend. He's a contractor, spirit-filled Christian man. And he said, he said, Pastor Stephen, come with me. I want to show you this house that I'm building. And so he takes me to this house that was being built by the third richest man in the world. The house was bigger than the White House. Private pool. Oh, you better believe it. Uh, his pool was bigger than most people's home. Uh, bowling lanes. Yes, not just one. Bowling lanes. Bring the whole, bring all the relatives. Bowling lanes so you can bowl. Have your own bowling lane uh, in your house. And uh, just wealth uh, beyond comprehension. Uh, and and the, con the contractor said, uh, he said, Pastor Stephen, do you see the palm trees? I said, yes, there's palm trees on each side lining the road just as far as you can see. Super long, curving, twisting driveway. He said, every one of those palm trees cost $50,000. Well, you can realize real quick, you're in the millions of dollars just on landscaping with the palm trees. That doesn't include the home, all this and all that. The man that was having the home built, are you ready for this? He was over 80 years old. <laughs> and you think, whoa, well, hold on a minute. This, this guy is about to step over into eternity. It's either going to be heaven or hell. And he's all wrapped up into this, yet wrapped up in it to his eyeballs and can't see anything else. There is a deceitfulness of riches that the area of deceit is you're never satisfied. You're never satisfied. You get the shiny new thing. And just maybe in a few days, maybe a few weeks, that's wore off, and now you're on to the next thing. Whatever happened to, if I could just have that? Well, you got it, and it didn't satisfy, did it? And the reason why is because only Jesus can satisfy you and bring contentment into your heart. Look, you don't have enough time in life 
to do all of this stuff that many people that are sinners think they can do. And if they ever do get money, then they go wild trying to live a life that maybe you only have 80 years, maybe 85 years to max out on. And so they're trying to pack everything into it and you can't do it. You just don't have enough time. So you have to live your life from an eternal perspective and be content with what God has given you as your inheritance. Cause trust me, you'll have your handful, your hands full, just managing your own inheritance. You certainly don't need to be reaching for things that God never intended for you to be grabbing. Whoa, watch out. <laughs> take your hand off of it. If it's, if it's not on God's agenda for your life, take your hand off of it. Praise God. Why? Because you might like it. Now, you know what you've got? You've got another distraction. You, and you have another level of deceit piled upon another one. And how can you ever get done what God has called you to do if all of this is going on? You can't. Because the only way you can do it is with maximum focus on the Word. And trust me, as you and I both know, that takes a lot of energy. That takes a lot of effort. The last thing you need to be doing is deviating on side roads that are just used to pull your attention away from the primary focus. There's also not only deceitfulness of riches, there's desires for other things. And that has a very wide bracket desires for other things. So it takes tremendous focus to stay on course when all of these things are pushed at you. There is the external pull. That would be things that are uh, hitting you from all directions. You get them in the mail, uh, you know, uh, advertisements. You get them on TV, marketing ads and uh, commercials and on and on it goes. You get hit from it from all directions. So there's the external pull, but there's also the internal challenge on the inside to walk in the spirit and not in the flesh so that you can stay on track. So my friends, the way that you do it is you have to have that word at the forefront of your heart. And if something chokes it, then that beautiful plan that God has for your life, you cannot, you cannot get into it. It's like, it's like the, um, the story of the man trying to get in to the city, but the gates closed. And so he wants to get in. It's in many ways, it's the parable of the eye of the needle, the eye of the needle. Now I've heard some theologians say, Oh, that was just the, uh, that was just a proverbial expression, but I've heard others that are theologians that are actually boots on the ground in Israel and understand the culture. And they say, Oh no, no, that eye of the needle is a real door. So at night they close the doors to the city. But if you showed up late and you don't want to sleep out there because it's dangerous, you could come in, but you had to unload everything because they're not going to open the big doors. Cause if there's a trap or this is a setup, then the enemy can all get in and take over the city. So they had a little bitty door that was so uh, short, you had to stoop to get into it. And it was only like two feet wide. So you had to unload everything and you can't bring it in. You can bring it in tomorrow when sun's up and they open the gates, but you can't do it at night. You have to unload everything. And that little gate, that little bitty door was called, guess what? The eye of the needle. Whoa, praise God. And so if you're trying to get through that eye of the needle and you've got your golf clubs and you've got this other hobby, and then you got, uh, maybe, maybe you're a hunter and you're like duck hunting or, or, uh, deer hunting. Now you got all your guns and you got all your clubs and you got all this other stuff and you're trying to, you, you can't, you can't get through. <laughs> Ooh, glory to God. Amen. So you have to lay those things down uh, to go through the eye of the needle. Doesn't mean you can't have your hobbies. It doesn't mean that you can't have a full life, but I, I'm saying you have to be careful because riches are, can be very deceitful. And if you're not walking in the spirit, you better believe they can distract you. Woo. I mean, they're like a magnet. You have to be really mature in the Lord. Glory to God. The desires for other things that could just go on and on and on because new things are being created all the time. There are toys today. We never had when we were young. And even as adults, there are like 
fun adult things that you can do. Hey, that stuff never existed when, you know, uh, you know, in previous generations. And now, now everything under the sun, and it'll just continue and continue. And actually, it will increase. So you have to really stay dyed in, uh, dialed in. Because if that word gets choked by all of this stuff, you can't have God's best. You can't have it. You have got to follow the Holy Spirit. Woo! And have that word at the forefront of your mind. Mm -mm. Woo! Glory to God. Thank you, Jesus. So, let me say this concerning this. Everybody has to come through on their own. You have to fight this battle on your own. You have to overcome the pull of riches, that deceitfulness of riches. There's nothing wrong with them, but they can be very sneaky in a way where people aren't satisfied. And, and now you're, you're wanting more and more, and that can lead to covetousness. What is covetousness It's desiring something that you have no right to have. And getting over into that leads over into idolatry and on and on it goes. Mm -mm. Pastor Stephen, I want the hundredfold return. I want God's best for my life. It's a fine line. You will. It's not an option. You will have to walk the straight and narrow. And if you start taking all kinds of exits off the freeway of life that God has for you, you, you might run out of time or you might get suckered into things and you wonder how in the world did I get caught up into this? The deceitfulness of all of it. Mm -mm. So you have to come through on your own and uh, you can't always pull others through. You can't, you can't pull somebody through that eye of the needle. Who's hauling all of this stuff. Mm -mm. And when you say, well, when you, when you die, you can't take it with you and they get upset or they roll your eyes. When you say things like that, they'll find out they'll die. They couldn't take it with them. By the way, when you're on your way to heaven, why would you want to take it anyhow? I mean, compared to heaven, really? You want to take you want to take that car to heaven? You want to take a motorcycle to heaven? You you don't think in heaven they could outdo that about a million times over? <laughs> Woo! Get free today. Hallelujah. Amen. Love Jesus. Love God's word. Have it at the forefront of your heart. You can have all these things, just don't let them have you. Mm -mm. Thank you, Lord. Glory to God. So your harvest is dependent on your obedience. So you want to really be aware of these things. Your harvest also is a byproduct of you not being distracted. Now look at verse 20, but these are the ones sown on good ground. Now say now pastor Stephen's talking about me. These are the ones sown on good ground. Those who hear the word. Okay. Accept it and bear fruit or produce how much some 30 fold, some 60 and some a hundred. Now, are you ready for this? Watch this very closely. Th uh, um, these are the ones sown on good ground. Those who hear the word accepted and bear fruit. Some 30 fold, not all. Have you ever noticed? It's not all believers that are reaping. Certainly not at the hundredfold. Some aren't even reaping 60. Some aren't even reaping 30. It's not going to happen for everybody, but it will happen for some. And we've looked at some of the qualifications and you can tell why not all believers are going to have this type of production, but it is for some, some 30, some 60, some Woo, those that are really, really uh, focused on it. Some a hundred mm -mm. glory, glory to God. And you can have the hundred. You can have the hundred. I believe you're going to get it, but don't be surprised when, when uh, some people say, well, what happened to my harvest? Uh, I'm not really sure, but I, I know that some have gotten 30. Some have gotten 60. Some have gotten hundred and others, uh, three fourths of the others. Uh, they never made it through. One minister one time asked Dr. Oral Roberts, uh, Dr. Roberts, uh, how come many Christians are not reaping their harvest off of seeds they've sown? He said, well, the main reason is because they leave their harvest in the field. They don't know how to get it when it's ripe from the field into their lives. Oh, glory, glory to God. Uh, if it's choking the word, you'll leave it in the field. 
Even if you were that close to it, even if you outdid the first two levels, but you got to a place where it was beginning to produce, but it got choked, it'll die out there in the field and it'll rot. Now in the spirit, in the spirit, God can still do things to loop you back around and you can catch it on the next cycle. It's amazing what the Holy Spirit can do in your life when you're really serious about serving the Lord. Praise God. Because there are second chances. Honestly, there's third, fourth, fifth chances with the Lord. But at the same time, this train's running on the track, and this train is running on a clock. Praise God. We don't have time to waste. Amen. Glory to God. So be very diligent about reaping God's best, the harvest that he has for your life. I would also like to say that you need to be very careful in this area of what your focus is because you should only target what God has told you to target. Why? Because there's a million different directions you could go. There's a million different things you could do, but you simply do not have time. Praise the Lord. Not only that, the anointing, which is God's empowerment upon his people, the anointing is for what you're targeted and called to do. It's not for other stuff. And if you, if you dispense it and pour it out in the other areas, you'll end up uh, with what some preachers call burnout. I'm burned out, Pastor Steve. Uh, yeah, the reason you're burned out is because there's no oil in the lamp, and either you haven't been filling it up or you poured it into areas that it was never supposed to be distributed. And now you're empty, and now you, need a, now you have to go take a sabbatical. Look, we're supposed to have a Sabbath. That's one day off a week, but a sabbatical, uh, you need a year off. Uh, what did you do to yourself? Okay, come on back to the Lord and get on target and stop doing things that God never told you to do. Pastor Stephen, why is your ministry blessed? Because we only do what God tells us to do. I'm not trying to do everything, but what he has told me to do, that is what we move forward on. And that's why it's working. Praise God. That's why we are on television with a satellite footprint of over 3 billion people. And we're not over here sweating. Oh, how are we going to pay the bill? This, oh, God, help. No, we pay the bill. When the bill comes in, everything's uh, uh, up, up to date. We're, we're doing good. And we're covering the world with the gospel. And thank you for being a partner. Thank you for being an online member helping us to reach the world and, te- and, and teach and put God's word into his people. Amen. But we're just simply doing what God has called us to do. God called us to purchase that property out there uh, uh, in North Wilkesboro. It's only about 10 miles from here. And we purchased it and we have paid it off. Praise God. And we're going to build a beautiful structure out there. The new television studio. We're all we're doing is what God has called us to do. I'm not trying to run around and do all kinds of other stuff. I'm just doing what he's called me to do. And it's working very, very smoothly. Whoa, glory to God. I see people looking at your life with envy and they're saying, how does it work? What's going on with your life? It seems like something out of a picture storybook. (laughs) And you'll have the same testimony. You're on track. Praise God. You don't have time for silly games. You're not caught up and drooling with the desire for riches. Look, we know what nice stuff is. I I know the difference between a plastic watch and, you know, a luxury watch. I know the difference between a hoopty car that's being held together by wire, you know, and duct tape and a nice vehicle that's trustworthy that will get you to your location. But I'm just not running after something that actually can never satisfy you. Only Jesus can satisfy you. Praise God. So God's going to take you to the top, but in order to get there, you've got to be really focused Mm -mm. Well, let's go just a little bit further along this line. Let's go towards the back of the book. First John chapter two. Now, as we approach closer and closer to the end time, to the end of times, then we'll also be approaching more and more to the end of the Bible. And as we get, you know, 
into the things of the book of Revelation and things along that line, we will, of course, be reading the writings of St. John a whole lot more and enjoying them because these things were for these type of last days that we are living in. First John chapter two, let's move over to verse 15. Do not love the world or the things in the world. Now, when he is talking about the world in the Greek, this is referring not to the physical planet. This is not saying, now don't love the mountains, although they're beautiful. Now don't love the oceans, although it's fun to go to the ocean. That's not what he's saying. He's talking about the anti-God sinful world system. Do not love the world or the things in the world. If anyone loves the world, this fallen sinful world system, the love of the father is not in him for all, not some, all for all that is in the world, the lust of the flesh, the lust of the eyes and the arrogant boastful pride of life my car is bigger than your car. My car costs more than yours. My house has larger square footage than yours. The lust of the eyes, the arrogant pride of life is not of the father, but is of the world and the world. Are you ready for this one? The world is passing away. Woo. The world is passing away and the lust of it. But he who does the will of God abides forever. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Glory to God. This world system is passing away. Glory to God. It is going to be completely removed off of the scene. And all of the nightclubs will be gone. All of the liquor stores will be gone. And some things that the sinners think are carved in stone for eternity, oh, they'll all be gone. The Rock and Roll Hall of Fame burned up. Uh, all of these sport shrines that are supposedly your name is now enshrined for all eternity. No, it's not. It'll be gone in a very short period of time. It'll be gone. It's already being weathered by the weather itself. Lord have mercy. Praise God. The world system is completely passing away. Glory to God and the lust thereof. Can you say thank God? Thank you, Jesus. Now, the method of this world's destruction actually has already been revealed in God's Word. We see this in 2 Peter chapter 3. I want you to read this along with me because I want you to have the right focus. Praise God. This is 2 Peter chapter 3. Let's go to verse 10. But the day of the Lord will come as a thief in the night, in which the heavens will pass away with a great noise and the elements will melt with fervent heat. Well, there went the nightclubs. Amen. The elements will melt with fervent heat. Both the earth and the works that are in it will be burned up. Hey, that FM radio station that you're listening to that's playing all that sinful music, what's going to happen to it? Oh, no, Pastor Steve, I really like that music. It makes me, gets me moving in a very naughty way. It's going up in smoke. Woo, hallelujah. Burn down completely. The filthy thing is going to be gone. Praise God. This fire will go throughout the earth and cleanse and burn away all filth, and it will blast through the universe and cleanse the universe. Why? All of the radio waves, all the radio signals, all the space junk that we have blasted up in the space and it's just now floating around and floating off, you know, it's all going to be burned. And all of the traces from the dirty demons and the evil spirits that ushered back and forth and moved back and forth, not only throughout the, um, the, the second heaven area, but even the remote areas of the cosmos, all of that and their filthiness will be completely burned up. Glory, glory to God. Well, Pastor Stephen, what in the world will be left? Mm -mm. Therefore, since all these things will be dissolved, what manner of persons ought you to be in holy conduct and godliness? Looking for, here you go. 
Here's what we should be looking for. Looking for and hastening the coming of the day of God because of which the heavens will be dissolved, being on fire, and the elements will melt with fervent heat. Nevertheless, we, according to His promise, look for new heavens and the new earth in which what? Righteousness dwells. Glory, glory to God. No more vulgar music. No more celebrating of sin. No more exaltation of wickedness. It's all gone. And the meek will inherit the earth. Praise the Lord. Therefore, beloved, looking forward to these things, be diligent to be found by him in peace without spot and blameless. In other words, live a life that's pleasing to the Lord. Do what God has called you to do. Do it. Complete your assignment. Some of you have very, very large assignments. It's going to take a lot of money. It's going to take a lot of, uh, you know, empowerment of others uh, to accomplish what God has called you to do. You'll have a big business. Amen. You'll have a big team, whatever it might be. But my friends, keep the perspective of eternity in mind. Wow. Most of history is inaccurate. Most of the people that are applauded and lauded by the world are now those that have died and history records them as being great people. You know, most of them are in hell. Yeah. The ones that never accepted Jesus or mocked God, but yet the world celebrated them maybe because they were famous, whatever the case might be. You do know they're in hell. Mm -hmm. My main thing is your pastors to help get you to heaven. Amen. (laughs) Go ahead and make a bunch of money. That's, that's wonderful. Praise God. Give God the tithe. Give offerings, praise the Lord. Enjoy yourself, amen. But don't you get off track, amen. Or I'll be knocking on the door of your heart saying, hey, get it back on the straight and narrow. Watch out. Things can be very deceptive out there. You must, it's not an option, you must walk close with the Lord. Mm -mm. And keep the right eternal perspective. Or you'll get over in the decadence. You'll slide out of righteousness And the next thing you know, something has your attention that in the eyes of eternity is complete stupidity. Mm -mm -mm. Praise the Lord. Thank you, Jesus. Glory to God. Glory to God. Very quickly, back to the gospel of Mark. Mark chapter 4, verse 20. But these are the ones sown on good ground. Those who hear the word, accept it. And bear fruit, some thirtyfold, some sixty, and some, not all, and some a hundred. I know right now there are those listening to me, you're going to produce the hundredfold return. Amen. And you'll know, you'll know uh, that wasn't luck. You'll know, hey, that wasn't chance. You know it took a lot to bring that harvest forth. It took a lot to keep the word at the forefront of your heart, meditating on it day and night, working God's principles. Look, it is a package deal. You can't just do one thing and cross the finish line. In sports, you can't just train and then get the gold medal. It comes down to training. It comes down to your nutrition. It comes down to your sleep. It comes down to even friendships, those that are supportive of what you're endeavoring to do, or those that would try to maybe like hinder you. You you have to get all of that in order. Mm, mm, mm. It is a package deal, but I see you equipped with all that you need to bring forth the hundredfold. Praise God. Praise God. And you're going to do it and you're going to see it. Woo. Thank you, Jesus. And it's going to be bigger than what you have even envisioned. Praise God. Very quickly. One more scripture. Let's go to John chapter 12, verse 42. You have to have courage and you have to have a backbone. You have to be willing to take a stand. Praise God. You must stand on the truths that have been revealed to you. Mm -hmm. Praise God. Look, I'm a pastor. I've had people, uh, you know, leave the church before and, you know, they would come and uh, I've had people come uh, and for the first time start tithing, 
start giving. I've had people for the first time ever who have never fasted one day because they come into this, this uh, anointing, uh, the, this mandate that is upon this ministry. And the next thing you know, uh, they've completed a 21 day fast. The next thing you know, they begin to flourish and the gifts of the spirit are coming alive. But I've had some of them turn back and go back and not only go back and lose what they once walked in, but now criticize the things that they once experienced. Mm. What's happened? Nothing but sickness, nothing but misery, nothing but sorrows, nothing but frustrations. Woo! You must be accountable for the light that you walk in and treasure it and guard it and protect it. Praise God. Verse 42. Nevertheless, even among the rulers, many believed in him. But because of the Pharisees, they did not confess him, lest they should be put out of the synagogue. For they loved the praise of men more than the praise of God. And you know what? They also loved the praise of men more than the hundredfold blessing. Watch out! I'm getting a little personal now, aren't I? They cared more about what the religious uh, Pharisees and their uh, spiritually dead. Those Pharisees loved money. They, they would rip, they would rip off uh, people and not care one bit about it. They had no heart of love or compassion for the people. They were a political group compromised. They yielded their authority to the Romans. They were in league with Pilate and with Herod. They were bought, sold and paid for. Wow. And yet you had people that believed in Jesus, but because of wanting to be accepted by the Pharisees. Wow. They, uh, they compromised. Mm -mm. Let me say this. An embarrassed faith will produce embarrassing results. It takes a bold faith to receive God's best. So it's very difficult, if not impossible, to possess that which you cannot publicly confess. Mm -mm. Now, whosoever calls upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. Yes, God's love is very wide and very deep. And he'll, he'll say, all it takes is faith in Jesus. God will save you. But if you want God's best, you want a hundredfold return, you better start confessing it publicly. Amen. Regardless of what the Pharisees might say. Mm, glory to God. For they love the praise of men more than the hundredfold return. They love the praise of men more than the praise of God. Go ahead and make God happy. Go ahead and receive the 30, the 60, the hundredfold return. Amen. Pull in God's best. Glory to God. Lift your hands. Father, I pray for those that are watching today that they not deviate off the path of righteousness, that they stay on the heavenly highway, and that they reach their destination having accomplished all that you called them to do. And I thank you, Father, that of course along the way, they're going to bear a whole lot of fruit. And many, many will be touched through their godly lives and through their witness and their testimony. Now, Father, we give you praise. Make them a sign and a wonder where they are a sign that points people to you and that they are a wonder in a sense people wonder how they do what they do. Thank you, Father. They are destined as miracles. They are destined to shine as stars, bringing many to righteousness. Now, Father, we give you praise in Jesus' name. Amen and amen. Say, I'm blessed. Say, I believe in the hundredfold return. Woo, glory to God. Glory to God. Now, today, if you're watching and listening, and you don't know Jesus as your personal Savior, you need to get your life right with God today and move out of the kingdom of darkness and into the kingdom of light. I want to pray for you in just a moment. Also, if you're listening to me, for some reason you just started listening and you've been hanging with me uh, throughout this message, but you're not serving God, then you need to come back right now. Just leave whatever you got tangled up in. Walk out on the devil today and come back to Jesus. He'll He'll wash your sins away and you can be restored to a right relationship. Okay? So let us pray together now. Just say this. Say, Lord Jesus, I give my life 
to you. I repent. I turn from all of my sins. Save me now. Wash me with your precious blood. Write my name in your book of life. And Jesus, step into my life today and lead me and guide me in everything I do. Thank you, O oh God, for saving me. Thank you, Jesus, in your name I pray. Amen. And amen. Glory, 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 glory. Some of you, you've been away a little while. You're back. Um, God's going to fast track you, help you make up for lost time. Just keep your eyes on him. Watch what he'll do. It's going to be an amazing journey. Praise the Lord. Now, so that the enemy does not steal the word. Let's take communion. Praise the Lord. Remember when Abraham was making that covenant sacrifice with God. He split the sacrifice in half. And then the vultures, the birds wanted to come down and take that. You could call it the word. It's like Satan wanting to take the word. What did Abraham do? He fought them off. That must have been some big vultures, huh? Praise the Lord. Praise God. So you have to hold to the word, preserve it, fight it, protect it, and keep it in your heart, and it will produce for you. Now, grab some, grab some unleavened bread, grab a cracker, grab some grape juice. Let's pray. Father, we thank you for the bread and the juice. We bless it. We set it apart as being holy through this prayer. And we give you all of the praise. This is now the body and the blood of Jesus. Amen. What does the word holy mean? Did you know that the New Testament was written in Greek? And in Greek, the root word for holy means different you know, there is something different about you. The sinners don't understand it. Some Christians, bless their hearts, they don't understand it. It's that you want to live right and please God with your life. Woo, praise God. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Grab the bread. Father, we thank you for the body of Jesus. We receive his body. We mix it with faith, frankincense, glory, glory. And we thank you that we believe we are receiving your very best for our lives. In Jesus' name, let us say amen. Praise God. Let's receive. Praise the Lord. Heavenly Father, thank you for the Lord's blood, this beautiful, mighty, powerful, cleansing blood. We thank you. There is not a sin in the universe that the blood cannot wash away. So father, we thank you for the confession of sin. We thank you, father God for the blood. And we thank you father for the blood, just continually flowing through our mind, rendering even any past memories of maybe sinful events or traumatic events or bad experiences, rendering them completely uh, impotent. We just thank you that they're nothing. Those memories are nothing but burnt ashes. The blood has washed our sins away. Father, we thank you that you have thrown all of our sins into the very depth of the sea. We give you all the praise. We thank you, Father God, that the blood speaks of our righteousness in Christ. And we thank you for that being worked out in our lives, in lifestyles that are pleasing to you. Now, Father, we thank you. We give you all of the praise. Thank you for the blood of Jesus all over our lives. In his name we pray. Amen. Let's receive together the Lord's precious blood. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. Let your, let your focus be straight ahead. If, like Jesus was talking about, if you're trying to plow and you keep looking back, you're, you're not fit. For the call, you have to be focused. You can't let stuff pull you in a million different directions. You don't have time. Not only that, you don't have the energy. You must do solely what God has called you to do. Pastor Stephen, I don't know what that is. Well, you're going to find out because the Holy Spirit will reveal it to you. Glory to the Lord. Glory to the Lord. Glory to the Lord Jesus. Hallelujah. Praise God. Praise the Lord. You know, sometimes your assignment 
If, let me give you an example. If you're Moses, your assignment is to the people of Israel. If you're Aaron, your assignment is to Moses. The, sometimes your assignment is to stand with somebody and help them push what they're doing just as far as possible. I invite you to stand with this ministry and help us to push God's word around the world. Praise the Lord. Amen. You can do, th do so through your giving. You can do so through your prayers. You can do so through uh, various ways of volunteering in the ministry. Praise God. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Pray about it. Amen. Glory. Glory to God. And be busy with what He has called you to do. See, God will bless the work of your hands. But you have to put your hands to something. If you don't put your hands to something, He can't bless nothing. So you must put your hands to a work. Some of you... You're retired, but let me tell you, if, if you retire and just sit around, you'll, you'll lock up your, your, your body even will begin to decay and your mind will not have the sharpness that God has given it. And you'll, you'll lose anointing too. You must be active. I don't ever plan on retiring. I don't ever plan on retiring. I, I can understand that when I'm, let's say when I'm 85, should I still be here? I understand that I physically probably couldn't move uh, as fast as a 20 year old. But I don't ever plan on retiring. Praise God. Thank you, Lord Jesus. I want to be active in God's kingdom until I take my last breath. Praise the Lord. And when you live like that, your breath will continue to carry you until you've, you've finished everything God called you to do. Praise the Lord. Father, bless your people. This is a week of great productivity for them. They're on target they're not distracted. They are going to reap 30, some 30, some 60, and some a hundredfold. Bless them, O God. Bless them with large, unusual harvest. For your glory, in Jesus' name, amen. Thank you for watching. I'll see you back again real soon.